Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of Headstrong Strength and Condition in San Antonio, Texas, Mr. Ryan Matthews. How are you today, sir? Hey, Dominic. I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on, sir. I really appreciate it. Oh, man. It's all my pleasure. I appreciate you being here. Let's hop into it. Tell us all about Headstrong and what you're all about. Oh, man. That's a that's a heavy question. So <laughs> Headstrong, what are we about? Well, I mean, obviously, we're about getting uh, people in shape, man. You know, it's like we... We have a very uh, dynamic group of people, right? And, you know, majority of the people that come in are very, you know, normal people, but what do they want to do? They want to, you know, improve how they feel, how they look. You know, we're trying to improve body composition, you know, get stronger, get in better shape. Um, and that's kind of, in a nutshell, what we do, right? And so it's like a thoughtful pursuit of like how we program for these people and, you know, just, and, and, but also to kind of cultivate like a, a community feel to what we do so that they feel like it's not just something they got to come and do, right? We're trying to, to provide experience that, that where they have some ownership in what, in what we're doing, right? Um, and just, you know, just that overall, like, hey, one look feel, you know? Awesome. Awesome. So you're, you're in the same boat as far as, you know, 99.9% of of gym owners, fitness business owners that I talk to, it always starts with, hey, we're going to help people look better, feel better, think better, have better quality of life. And oh, by the way, it's cool if I can make a living off this. So you're first and foremost, you're you're in it for the service. And then you got to run the business because if you don't run it, you won't be there. So I, I can appreciate that that angle of things. And I want to get into how you do some things now, but I think it's it's real pertinent to talk about as much as we can, how you got here, what your background is, what your industry experience is, but also, you know, what twists and turns in life's life got you to where you are right now. So give us a little bit of a backstory. All right. So a little bit of a backstory, man. Uh, grew up in a small town in North Texas in Burke Burnett, Texas. Uh, I was, you know, I played football growing up. I started training at the age of about 12 and I was addicted immediately, right? Um, and I continued, you know, from the, from like ninth grade to 12th grade, I did, I played football and powerlifting. And by the time I was a senior in high school, I was a, you know, I was a quarterback, right? Uh, but by the time I was a senior in high school, um, I was also, I won the Texas State Championship in powerlifting right, for 4A and 5A. So not only was I a quarterback, but I was also the strongest dude on the field at any at any given point, right? So, uh, and then from there, I went to uh, college on a scholarship to play football. The first college I went to was Southwestern Oklahoma, transferred to University of Central Oklahoma, both uh, Division II schools. Uh, and then after that, I uh, found myself in San Antonio and I had a few more hours that I had to, to, that I needed to graduate. So transferred to University of Texas at San Antonio. Uh, and then from there, 
I got into pharmaceutical sales and I did that for about, I don't know, seven years. And then, which brings us to 2013 when we opened our gym. So, you know, the thing about pharmaceutical sales is that for, for me, uh, I worked a straight commission job for my first gig with pharma. And then I, you know, like a lot of pharmaceutical sales reps, you find yourself with a different company every couple of years. Um, and I think for me, it's just like, I was just getting so beat down with, you know, that, that, uh, just every day out selling in the car all day, you know, and having to, it, and it was, it didn't come very naturally to me. Right. So I was always good at like building relationships and, and rapport with the offices. And then at, at some point I just, I woke up, I was like, man, I don't think I can do this anymore. And which brings us to the gym, which is like, Hey man, I, you know, I'd met a, uh, my business partner, actually my, my, one of my dearest friends. And I thought, Hey man, what do you think about starting a gym? And he was like, that could, that would be cool. I was like, all right, let's do it. You know, and we, and I had started, you know, I dabbled a little bit in CrossFit for, I don't know, maybe a, a year or 18 months, something like that. And I was like, Hey, this is a really cool business model. It's like, you have all these people, they show up. It's an awesome community. It's great camaraderie. You know, there's a program that's on the board. You just go and you, you know, you show up every day and you go and you just do the workout as hard as you can. Like, this is cool. Um, and so that's what we did. You know, it's like, we got cert I got certified. We paid our affiliate fee, got insurance and we started a gym out of, out of my garage, you know? Um, and so and that, you know, I, I think the, the first, like, but we'll get to the first mistake that I think I made, right? Where it's like, you kind of get your, you get business and, and passions kind of mixed up, right? It's like, I really loved working out. And I was like, yeah, I should, we should start a gym. I love exercising. And I didn't, I wasn't even thinking about the business side of, of this, right? And you know, it's just like, but I've always kind of been like that. I just, I just go all in, right? It's like all or nothing. And um, yeah, I would say like, that was kind of where we, where we find ourselves like 2013, we started the CrossFit affiliate. Um, and then, you know, like, I don't know if you want to like talk about like going to the, the next kind of phases of from 2013 until now. Yes, sir. Yeah. Right. Bring, me, bring us up. All right. Buckle up. So the, 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 here's the problem. As I was in pharmaceutical sales, I had developed, you know, I started abusing alcohol and, and, and other substances. Right. And I thought, well, and the, the conversations I had with my spouse was like, well, the only reason I drink is because I just hate this job so much, you know? And I, unfortunately, like, that's probably the, the famous last words of a lot of addicts, unfortunately, because it wasn't about the job at all. Um, so we opened this, we started the business. Uh, we had a lot of late nights and my, unfortunately, my drinking habit and my substance abuse only got worse. So we, we did that. So we were in my garage. Um, 
for about six or seven months. And then the HOA sent us letters that we had to, you know, to leave the premises or we'd start getting fines. So we're looking at, at business, uh, you know, at, at the commercial spots. They're super expensive where we're at. Um, we're on this like last little piece of country road left in San Antonio. Uh, and we find this house, this old house on like four acres of, of land. They're like, hey man, like this would be an awesome spot to have a building. So, you know, we we took a look at her like, yeah, we think we can make this work. Bought the property and then we moved all of the equipment from my garage to this to the current garage that, or to the property that we had bought. Um, and then, so we just ran out of, out like that. And I kind of, you know, I think my, my mentality around, I was like, kind of almost like a field of dreams mentality. We're like, Hey, if you build it, they will come. It's like, okay, we opened up. I really didn't have a plan for marketing. I didn't have a plan of like, how are we going to actually get people in this place? Uh, and you know, it's like, it's kind of scary. Like it's a dark road. They're driving up to a house that has this long driveway up to the house. It's like, I really wasn't thinking about stuff like that. It was just like, Hey man, we have a gym, like come work out here. Uh, so, you know, as far as like, you know, that piece of it, there wasn't a whole lot of, of thought, thought behind like the business side of it. It was still just like, yeah, dude, I want a gym. That's awesome. Like I want to help people. Cool. Um, and then I would say like between 2014 and 2018, it was kind of just downhill from there, man. Like, um, you know, I was, I was a pretty poor leader, right? I wasn't, you know, I had a couple of people helping coaching. I wasn't, uh, you know, as far as being, a an effective leader and having, you know, the, the, the leadership qualities that you hope to possess as a business owner, like it just wasn't happening for me because I was. I mean, I probably spent the next four years or almost five years just, uh, you know, drunk all day, every day, you know, and I was, I was coaching classes and drinking at the same time. Uh, and unfortunately it's like that hurt our business a lot, you know? Um, and you know, the, a lot of the, even like our kind of the, uh, what do you call it? what we were known for is like, yeah, yeah. Ryan Matthews, like, yeah, he's a, he's a, he knows a lot. Like he's a smart coach, but man, he's, he's just, he's, he's always drinking. Right. And honestly, it's like, unfortunately during this time, like I didn't realize like the damage that I was causing between, you know, even my relationship with my, with my wife and, and then my relationship with my business partner, you know, and like, they had approached me to like, Hey man, like what's going on? Like, we need to slow this down. Like, what are you doing? And I, you know, I really didn't have an answer. And I, like most addicts probably do just would kind of gaslight the situation and, you know, tell them they're crazy for thinking I had a problem. Um, and, you know, but at, at a certain point, I think I, I realized like, you know, there was a, quite a few things that happened in those years. And then I just got to a point where like, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired, man. And, so in, 20, in November of 2018, um, I went to a rehab facility for 30 days. And, I, you know, it's like a lot of times I think it's, you know, the hardest part of that, the easy part was, you know, going. The hardest part was coming back because you're put back into the, you know, when you're in, in a rehabilitation center, it's like you kind of develop this like safety bubble, right? It's a very safe place to be. 
and I think the scariest part for me or the hardest part too was actually coming back home um, and being put back into an environment that you know was a reminder of all the damage I have I had caused and so it's like it's just it's just crazy to me to think like you know here I am this business owner and then like you know I'm leaving for 30 days I'm I'm, we're having to like my, my business partner and my wife are having to make all these adjustments to schedules and figure out how to keep the gym running while I'm gone. Man, it was just, it was, it was a rough time for us. Um, and so it's like, I think even then it's like, you know, you get back and you're like, okay, I, I feel like we can do this better. Like, and I want to do this better. And so and then we, you know, fast forward to 2019 and it's kind of like, well, then COVID hits and then, you know, we have to close the gym for a couple months and, you know, those, these are just things that happen, but it, it's one of those deals where you're looking at this and you're like, well, maybe like, you know, this is for a reason. Maybe I need some extra time to kind of figure things out and put things in perspective. So you know, it's just, um, it really has been quite an interesting ride for us. And so like to lead us up to today, I would say like, honestly, as far as the, the business side of things for our gym, unfortunately, it's like, I've only really been plugged, you know, we've been open since 2013 and I only really just got plugged in in the last year and a half with like, oh, you know what? this is a business like wouldn't it be great like if it was actually successful we could actually make money off of this versus hiding behind this like oh i just want to help people out it's like well yeah i do want to help people out but like it'd be awesome to also like to be able to help my family out because i'm you know running a, a business effectively and actually making some money from doing it so and that kind of brings us to you know and along the way you know it's like we i got my uh in 20 in January 2020, we dropped our CrossFit affiliate. So I had been studying for my uh, my CSCX exam, and so in January, as soon as I passed my uh, Certified Strength Conditioning Specialist exam, we dropped our affiliation with CrossFit. So now we're Headstrong Strength and Conditioning, uh, and that's how we've been operating since 20 January 2020. That's kind of where we're at today, man. That's been quite a journey for sure, and. And congratulations for, for getting help, man, and, and getting to the to the other side of this, right? Getting back in touch with with who you are, your family, your business, all that stuff. You know, not not a lot of people get to make that decision. So I know you're never you're never totally out of the woods, right? But you're aware of it and you, you know, you live with it. And you know, you're really you're trying to get back to contributing to your family, to society. So um, man. I guess you go through that, right? You put, put that in perspective. You go through that part of your life, right? Everything else, it doesn't get easy, but boy, does it give you a frame of reference for, for anything else you might have to take on, right? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I think at this point in my life, it's just kind of like, well, you know, at least I'm not, you know, blacked up on the living room floor with my kids crawling on me, right? And so it's just like, it is. It's like, oh, well, you know, there's, there's this idea, like I remember just, and the part of the, the process of the healing process is like dealing with, you know, traumas and, and learning to like, 
hey, it's okay like to, to sit with your emotions and it's okay to feel these things. I'm like, oh, okay. And it's like, now I'm at the point where it's like, I can't imagine not, like, I love the experience of being able to feel, whether it be positive or negative. I just, I love the, the component of like, these are my feelings and I, I love that I'm aware of them. You know what I mean? It, it really is something special for me, so. Yeah, absolutely, man. So I appreciate you coming on and, and sharing that and, and giving us an idea of how you got to where you are. So, you know, let's, let's, um, let's go to the, to the bright side of things, right? Where you are now, you have a facility, you're training, training quite a few people, um, definitely have room for more. And that's something that I'm sure you're working on. It's a, it's a unique facility, unique setup. Um, so let's first, um, if you could describe to us what the building layout is that you're in, because it's very unique and, and a lot of people think they have challenges with their building, but give us an idea of what kind of building you're in and, and how you're, how you're making that work down there in Texas. Yeah. So our building is, it's about a 3,500 square foot layout, right? Uh, we poured a big slab and then we built basically like this pavilion style top over it and so the cool thing about it is that it's it's nice and open we have two two walls we have half of a side that's like half a wall then it's open the other halfway down the front of it's totally open and then we have um the other side that's closed off but it's closed off because there is a shipping crate that also sits on kind of an extended piece of uh concrete that's, that's where we put all of our equipment in there. So, and it's, and it's still on the property and it is right. So it's like, as soon as you walk out of the garage uh, of the house that the property's on, the gym is right there. So it's kind of like this, it's really close in proximity. Um, and yeah, I mean like, so the, so the cool thing about it is that it's open and there's lots of trees and it's a really pretty area in San Antonio where we're at, right? Um, the challenges to that is that uh, it's also San Antonio. And in the summertime, it's 110 degrees and it's ridiculously hot in the gym. And even with fans, I mean, the fans help a little bit, but it's it's hot, man. And then, you know, in the wintertime, it's at the 5 a.m. classes, you know, it can be in the upper 20s or lower 30s, you know? And it's like, when you're, when you're picking up metal bars and the bar is 30 degrees, it's like, you know, I, I get it. It's, it's tough, you know, and, but it's, it's one of those things. It's just like, but something really like the most probably uh, critical piece to that is that, you know, what not having a climate controlled building does to the equipment that you buy. Right. So it's like with a lot of the pieces of equipment that we have, especially the bars, I mean, now, so it's now like, what do we, we buy the Cerakote bars because they're safer from the elements. But, but prior to that, you know, it was, we're dealing with a lot of bars that get rusted. You know, it's like, it's humid. You know, there's a lot of, in San Antonio, it gets humid a lot. So you can walk out. It's not necessarily that hot outside, but when you go into the gym, like everything is dripping wet, you know? And like, that's just, that's something that you have to deal with when you don't have you know, that building that's climate controlled. So it's a challenge, man, but it's also like, I also enjoy challenges. So it's, it's okay. 
Yeah, that's you have to be that type to uh, to want to persevere through through a lot of different things, right? So you can either let it beat you up or you can fight back. So despite everything, um, you know, you ended up here, you have this building, you're working with it. You still have a good number of people that are coming to work out with you. So begs the question, how do you get people to raise their hand and say, hey, Ryan, I want to come and, and train with you. I want to be part of the Headstrong family. Like, what do you do to get people to, to come out to your little uh, your slice of, of land out there and get it in, right? Get stronger, get more fit. Yeah. You know what? And it, so an interesting piece of that is like, I've never really been, uh, even though like I, I was, my prior job was sales and marketing. Mm -hmm. Like I just, when we started the gym, I was like, oh, I don't need to do that anymore. Right. And it's not, it's not really a good game plan. So I think more recently, what I've realized is like, I mean, I'm the guy that doesn't, I don't have Facebook or, or Instagram on my phone. Like I don't even have an account. That's just who I am. So what I've done is I have other people that do that. So like my wife, uh, she does, uh, she makes posts on Facebook and Instagram. And then we have one of our coaches that does that as well. And like, they're really good at putting like little uh, like promo videos together and, and sharing that through our social media outlet. Um, I think really only piece that I play in, in the marketing is like, I, you know, I will like, I filter emails. So like the contact requests that we get, and I'll just make sure to follow up with the people and, and have those conversations with people who are looking to like, try the gym out and like, Hey, heard you guys were pretty cool. You know, I was thinking about coming to a trial class, like, Oh, okay. So, you know, the hard thing about that is I was like trying to figure out like, okay, like, who is this person that I'm talking to? Like, what are their goals? And trying to figure out, like, you know, what kind of, of presentation are they expecting from me, you know, when I when I get on the phone with them to, to get them in? And so it's just, like, trying to, like, fine-tune those little things of, like, because every person's different, so you can't, like, just be like, oh, yeah, we're going to get you stronger. We're going to do this. Like, you know, it's, it's trying to figure out, like, you know, well, what are you looking to do? Like, what are, what are your goals and, you know, what's starting you on this journey, you know, this fitness journey. So it's just been, uh, outside of that, man, it's like, that's kind of, like I said, like the last, I'm only being plugged in the last year and a half or so. Um, it's like, Hey, I, I'm now, I, I used to not ask for any advice and now I'm constantly reaching out like, Hey, like, what are your ideas? What do you think we should do? Like, we need to get more people in here. Like, I'm open to ideas. Please tell me, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Hey man, you're, you're learning, right? You're taking, taking responsibility. You're taking charge of it. You're figuring out what you don't know and, and trying to learn it. So let's go into, you know, people are in your facility, right? You have, you have some staff, you have some coaches that work with you. What's your, what's your philosophy as far as hiring? What type of people do you, do you hire from people that are your members already? Do you go from outside? How do you decide who's going to be uh, training people with you alongside you in your facility? Uh, yeah, so I think in the past, the mistake I made was like, try, like hiring coaches that were your buddies, right? And unfortunately, it's like, it, it's hard to create boundaries uh, when you bring them on as, as a coach, if those boundaries were not present before. And so I think at least that was a challenge for me. 
you know, and so the two coaches that we have currently, one coach just stopped by and was looking for a job. And so I was like, okay. So it's like, you just talk to them, you get to know them. For me, it was like, okay, like, tell me, what do you know? Like, what, like, what kind of principles do you follow? Like, what books do you read? You know, who are your mentors? Uh, and so it's like, I'm not necessarily looking for somebody who thinks just like me, but I am looking for somebody who at least we're, we're kind of in the same, with the same idea of, you know, what kind of approach do we want to take with training and how do we want to modify something for somebody? So it's like, like looking for just those little niche things where it's like, Hey, if I'm not here, can I trust you to do the right things with this person? Or are you going to put them in a position to get hurt? Right. Because I don't think, I think that's kind of what turns people away is like, Oh, well, you know, CrossFit, you, you can get hurt. You know, there's a lot of injuries in CrossFit. No, I don't think there are so long as you're managing your clientele correctly. Um, and then with the other coach, she was actually a member here um, and she's in the Navy reserves. And I just, she is this person that just, she was helping us out so much and she has great energy. She's super professional and she's kind of young in her, in her journey as far as the, you know, exercise science and physiology. So it's like her background isn't as deep in that. And I was like, you know what? I can work with that because like she's reliable, super responsible, the people love her. It's just like, I can, so what we, what I did with her is like, I had her shadow me for, I don't know, maybe three or four weeks. And then we would do like sessions in my office, get on the whiteboard, we'd talk about, I was like, hey, get your questions together, get on the, let's get on the whiteboard and let's talk about, you know, whatever questions you have. And so whether it be technical things for movements or, um, you know, like, Hey, what is a good way to coach this? Or what are some cues for this movement? And we go over things like that. So it's just, what I'm looking for is like for people to be like responsible or, you know, Hey, can, can you roll with like, like there are certain things that I want done a certain way. And so it's like, let's do that. Right. Versus I think in the past I'd had, you know, a lot of head butting with like, no, we shouldn't do that this way. We should do it this way. And it's like, I'm always open to, to discussions on like, differences of opinions, right? I think that helps you grow as a person. I think it'd be, it's, it's naive to think that like, there's no, like if just because you're a coach here, like I'm not gonna learn anything from you. I've learned a lot from both of the coaches that we have currently. And so it's just, I think it's more about like, can I work with this person long-term? Can we, can we vibe? Do we have a, do we gel, right? It's like, I feel like that kind of stuff is, is almost comes first. And then it's like the other stuff, we can, we can go over in meetings. We can, we can go over, like, we can bounce questions off of each other. And so long as that we're, we keep an open mind, it's like, I could, I mean, it's not, it's, I can work with a lot of people, man. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I think as long as you get people who are, it sounds like for you who are on the same page, as far as how they want to deal with people, how they interact and how open-minded they are, the rest you can work with as far as a technical background goes. Yeah, so, for sure, for sure. So I, I have an idea of where you've been. I know how you, you kind of got to where you are and what you're doing. So as we, as we kind of run down on time here, what's the future hold? What's the big dream? What's the big goal for you as an owner, entrepreneur for the business? You know, what, if you could wave a magic wand, you know, where, where would things go for you? Yeah, so I think... 
you know, I'm currently in school. I'm in a, in a program, a physical therapist assistant program. And I think short term is like, I, I want to finish the program. Next semester is my last semester, you know, take my board exam and then I'll get my, and then I'll be a certified PTA. So I think with that, it's like, okay, well, it would be really cool to, you know, try to find a, a PT that I really in, like enjoy working with, you know, and I still want the, and I still want to run the gym. So it's like short term, work it, work, work as a PTA, run the gym, you know, try to build up our, our clientele as much as we can, um, you know, and then also have that, that income as a PTA coming in. Because ultimately, I think the goal is long-term is I, I love being, you know, a business owner. I love the idea of like being able to like have a, a vision and like, and build that. And I think now like coming off of, you know, being in recovery and getting things kind of back in line with my, my personal life. And I think it's just like, I, I have no doubt that that will carry over into the professional side of things as well. So it's like long-term may possibly a, a bridge program, um, to do the doctor physical therapy and hopefully be able to, you know, still build the building that we had, you know, that we envisioned when we first drove by this property. Right. And to be able to like kind of operate as a strength and conditioning gym with uh, my own little PT practice attached to it. And, you know, I think to me, it's like, if I would love to see that come to fruition. So it's kind of like, all right, so what kind of, what needs to be, you know, what kind of things need to be in place for that to happen? And that's kind of where my mind is at right now. It's a, it's a lot, it's a lot going on. It's a lot on your plate, but you're giving yourself a, a reasonable timeline and giving yourself the flexibility to know that you're going to learn and there's going to be, you're going to try to make your best decisions. Right. And, and if they're not, you just push through it anyway and figure out what the next thing is you need to do. Right. Yeah. And I think the, the, the beauty of, of, you know, how I, how I see things now is that like, just being more in tune with a little voice in my head, which I typically would just say is my wife's voice, <laughs> you know, to kind of help give me some, she, she has great guidance and helps give me, some, you know, great clarity around like ideas that I have. I'm like, Hey, I think this is a really profound thought. What do you think? And it's kind of like, eh, it needs a little work. I'm like, okay, okay. You know, I can, I can deal with that. Uh, so, you know, I think it's just, it's obviously it's like, I don't want to be the kind of person where it's like, you know, the ship's going down, like, no, damn it. We can still get this thing afloat. It's like, but I also don't want to, you know, abandon ship too soon either. Yeah. Understandable, man. I mean, you've stayed the course this long and it sounds like you're going to figure out a way to, to make it work until they, until they drag you out of there anyway. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. That's a good way to say it. Absolutely. Well, we are just about out of time, Ryan. And I know you said you don't maintain a social media presence, but the gym does. You have a website, you have Facebook, Instagram. Where can people find you? So our our website address is uh, www.headstrongsc.com. 
And then honestly, man, I don't even know what the Facebook and Instagram is. <laughs> That's all right. Like Headstrong Strength and Conditioning Official, maybe. Yep, they're linked on the website, but I don't want to steal. I don't want to steal your thunder. The Instagram is Headstrong Strength and Conditioning, right? And you can you can go to uh, Headstrong SC on Facebook. We'll have it all in the show notes anyway. Ryan, I thank you very much for your time. I appreciate you being here today, sir. Uh, Dominic, it's been a pleasure, man. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. And to everybody out there listening, we appreciate your time. We thank you for spending part of your day with us. Uh, Non-traditional episode today, but I hope some of you out there found value. Uh, I know there's a lot of people that have had personal struggles, uh, some of my closest friends and people in the business that I know. And um, a lot of times fitness is a great substitute for other things, as long as you can do it in a healthy way. So we hope you tune in for the next episode. Click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when it drops. If you want to be on the show, there is a link in the description. It'll bring you to a form, fill it out. Someone from the team will get in touch with you as soon as possible. To everyone out there in Jim Lord's Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, including your own. Keep kicking ass. Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we're here with Zia. Zia, how's it going today? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So let's kind of get right into it here. So what is the name of your facility and where are you guys located? Uh, CrossFit Counterculture, and we are in Encinitas, California, which is right outside of San Diego. Okay, awesome. And how long have you been in business? 12 years. 12 years. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, I always like to ask, so what is it that made you want to, to start a gym? I was a previous CrossFitter and obviously loved it. So my old life of primary focusing on accounting, um, I just wanted a change and I wanted to do something I enjoyed, which at the time CrossFit was really new and I thought it would be really fun to get in on. And so moved to California and started doing CrossFit full-time. Awesome. So, so you actually moved for the gym then, right? Not for the gym, but I was like, if I'm going to change my life and do something completely different, why not go somewhere cool? I live, I'm from Baltimore, which is less cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, my sister had moved out to California just a year prior and I was like, that's a pretty fun place. I want to go there too. Let's do it. Yeah. Awesome. So, so as, as far as getting that started, um, you know, what kind of challenges did you run into like in the very beginning? So my business partner did most of the legwork on getting it started. Um, we had it really easy. I would say with CrossFit being such a baby, it wasn't so much, oh, you own a CrossFit where it was, 
what is CrossFit? Mm -hmm. So we kind of had the luxury of kind of growing as, as we went. So we didn't need a bunch of money startup. We just got a warehouse and bought what we could as we could afford it. And so the biggest challenge for us when we opened a gym was getting people to know what CrossFit was. What is CrossFit? what is CrossFit? We'll just try it. It's going to be fun. So we spent most of our time explaining what CrossFit was, not necessarily why they should come to our CrossFit, but right. what it was. So that was honestly the hardest part of, for us, um, 12 and a half years ago, was just getting people to know what it was. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I, after a while, like, you know, especially when the, the CrossFit storm started, you know, in the wave, so to speak, uh, I'm sure that really helped you guys out, um, you know, getting getting the membership up and actually, you know, generating generating leads based on just a, you know, just the type of gym that you were. Just having the search engine capabilities of the word CrossFit. Yeah, there was definitely a switch that happened um, probably four or five years in where very rarely was I explaining what CrossFit was. It mm-hmm. was more you know, where we were or how our program was. Um, and that yeah. definitely made it a lot easier in ways. Oh yeah, absolutely. So looking at um, like the type of model you guys have, like obviously it's it's a CrossFit gym, um, but like what is the square footage and uh, what else do you guys offer in there um, aside from CrossFit? Like kind of just give me a virtual, uh, well, I guess it's not virtual because you're not there, but um, <laughs> just give me a, like a layout of, of how the gym's set up. So we have about 6,000 square feet. We have a large main room where all the CrossFit happens, right? Um, we have five big bay doors, so it's all open, breezy. It's great. It's very garage style, although, you know, San Diego nice, right? Yeah. Um, we have a secondary room that's about 2,000 square feet that we have decked out for overflow for large classes or open gym we offer open gym 24 hours a day so um if there's a class going on that's where people would go in we use that smaller room for other classes we have kids classes as well um we like to put the kids in the smaller room because it keeps them out of the street yeah that's true yeah (laughs) Um, we have a master's class as well we usually do the master's class in there um, because it's smaller less intimidating um, we also have a weightlifting class and seasonally we will do yoga classes, um, because our gym is so open, it does get a little chilly in the winter. So we suspend yoga in the winter cause it's too cold. Okay. Gotcha. Makes sense. We so, do have yeah. a, yeah, we have a front room where we have a 300 square foot childcare facility that we do have a supervised childcare, um, not when COVID's going on. We have a locker room. We have a few, uh, showers with full towel service as well. Okay. So for the for the childcare is, um, so is it just for certain times, like during class times or something like that? During class, yes. So it's during yeah. our prominent class times where moms or dads um, need childcare. So yeah. we did it before COVID seven and nine class. And then on the weekends, we did it for all the classes, but okay, we have cool. not brought that back since COVID. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the reason I ask is that that's kind of a common theme from other gym owners I've talked to. Um, most people have either, they haven't been able to bring it back or they've, you know, cut it out completely. Um, just because like, who knows, right? Like who knows when we will be able to do it again? I mean, we're in California, so we're still, you guys will I be the last. 
probably. on verge of, yeah, being shut down at any moment. So I don't want to bring our girl back, you know, off of unemployment just to put her back on. Right. So, yeah, that makes crazy. sense. So like as far as staff goes, um, so how, how many coaches do you guys have total right now or actively working? We have seven coaches. Oh, cool. I try to keep that number as small as possible. I would much prefer all of my coaches walk into the class, know all the members, know if they have any limitations, know what their goals are. I don't like it when I drop into gym sometimes and the coach is introducing themselves to class, not because I'm there, but because there's, you know, 15 coaches. I think yeah. it's much more personal if the coaches are aware of the community. It is. So that's always my goal is to find coaches that will coach more often, but become a staple in the community. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, do you do any coaching still? Um, you know, these not days? much, yeah. not much. No. Um, I try to coach um, at least once or twice a week just to stay involved. And I look at it as if I have time and I've gotten everything else done, then I can coach. So I kind of like, cause I do enjoy it. That's why I started a gym. So to never do it um, to me is sad, but I only yeah. coach like this week. I'm not coaching at all, Yeah. but rarely, rarely, but I always try to be there during class times to be at least be present with the community. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and one of the things too, like, that's the same with me. Like we, like when it comes to think like, you know, I, I keep it like two or three, uh, you know, clients for like one-on-one -on -one PT and, you know, the reason, I mean, do I need to do it? No, but you know, I like to, but it also helps keep our sword sharp, you know, like we're still mm -hmm. kind of on the front line. So we don't want to be completely removed, you know, but we, we also don't need to be in there working 24 seven doing the whole, you know, taking the whole workload. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you do, uh, do you guys do like one-on-one -on -one PT or small group, anything like that? We do have one-on-one -on -one training, not as much, I think, as some other gyms my size, but mm -hmm. um, we do have one coach that exclusively does personal training and then a couple of coaches that have a few clients of their own. Mm -hmm. um, that is one area that I could probably ramp up a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think everyone, I mean, I think there for a while, you know, the, the one-on-one -on -one model may have, may have went downhill you know, a little bit as group classes started to come around, but we've saw it kind of trend back up lately, especially since COVID, um, you know, because people can't, or maybe they can, but they won't be, you know, in the large groups anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Now, as far as um, like, do you, do you ever do small groups, like groups of four or anything like that? We do have a few groups, um, small groups that or like work groups that come in together. Yeah. Um, yeah, we do have a few of those. We have a few girls that have, you know, their three or four mom group that come in too. Yeah. And they bring their own sitter as of now, but. Oh, that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so yeah, we do a few of those. Um, they're not as popular as the group, but we have three or four of those. Okay. Now, as far as like the, the population, like demographic of, of your members, is it mostly general population or, I mean, I'm sure you guys have some athletes in there as well, right? We are in a town called Encinitas, which is okay. Rancho Santa Fe is also part of Encinitas. And 
I live in a extremely wealthy zip code. Okay. Um, that does not mean that I am wealthy. <laughs> I am a gym owner. Um, but the amount of wealth that is in this town, it's one of the richest zip codes in the country. Oh, wow. uh, Bill Gates lives here. Um, a lot of singers, pro athletes, yeah. tech gurus live. So my gym is filled with a lot of extremely wealthy people that don't necessarily have like a nine to five job, okay. um, which is, it works well for me as a gym because I can charge what I need to charge for the rent we have to pay. And I know they're good for a bag of protein and any supplement or anything that I sell. Um, but they all had money is usually not an option for them, mm -hmm. which makes getting in new clients a little different than I would say the average gym um, offering right. specials or deals or bargaining with sales is not something that would work for my demographic. My demographic is very young surfer hip, but oddly has a lot of money. And then, you know, we have a big kid community as well. And yeah. they kind of are the same way, oddly enough, like one of them's dropped off with their, their driver. I've never actually met their parents. Mm -hmm. Um, interesting. It's an interesting demographic that I have. Um, yeah, it really is. So, so basically if, so you're saying if someone saw like a big sale or something like that, that may kind of turn some of them away. Basically. Yeah. It's not going to interest. They want to know what we can do for them. They don't want to know how they can save money doing it. Yeah. That make that makes complete sense. And that's, that's interesting because most people are not in that, uh, predicament that you're in right like most people it's like people can't afford it like i'm afraid to charge but you're like i just need more of these people you know i just need to have more of these people and find more of these people yeah i rarely have to have the pricing conversation with them um my brother-in-law um started a gym and then uh was deployed and i took it over for a year mm -hmm. and it's the a couple towns over and i learned very much the the pricing conversations and i can't really afford it can i clean your gym in exchange for a membership yeah and i was like this is a totally different beast i have to totally like rearrange how i'm going about things and right it, I, I did get a taste of it for that year and it was um i mean doable but just totally different than yeah. how I, I go about it as being in the zip code that i'm in for sure you're like shit. i'll just go back i'll just go back to my gym and sell like high ticket right <laughs> Well, yeah, but it's, it is harder to get their attention in some other ways. So there's pros and cons to it. It's not like, oh, I'm in a rich zip code, so I, can, I have no problems getting clients. Yeah, so right. yeah. there's, there's pros and cons to it. It's just different. So it is different. And the biggest thing I think, and you know, what it sounds like you're saying is like, these people really need to see the value, right. Of, of what you have to offer. Like you said, what, what's in it for me? Exactly. Yeah. And it's continuous. It never ends. And which is yeah. fine because I do believe that we have a great product. That's why we've been open for 12 years. And I think that we do an excellent job showing them what their value is, but it's, it's definitely not, um, all right, they're here. I'm good. Yeah, exactly. We do have to offer them some more amenities. Like we have full house service. We have a lot of, you know, extra things that, you know, yeah. normal CrossFit gym not, wouldn't necessarily need to do. Yeah. Fresh cut flowers in the lobby, things that just make up for the fact that it's a garage gym when it comes down to it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Flowers and towels, that, that goes a long way, right? Like it really does. It does. Yeah. 
so what, like, what are you guys doing to get to, well, to try to get those people in? Um, are you basically, are you doing like ads or, um, things like that, like on Facebook? We, or yeah. Facebook and Instagrams are big ad. We have an older member base, um, 40 and up is like mostly the people that are there. There's no colleges around us. Um, it's very expensive to live in Encinitas. So the younger crowd can't afford to live here. They're not here. Um, so with that, I mean, Facebook actually is our bread and butter, not so much Instagram because it is the older folks. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and then a lot of um, going to events, being at those 5Ks that people like and yeah. kind of word of mouth is huge. We can do referral programs like crazy, which are tricky because saying I will give you $100 if you refer someone doesn't yeah. really bother them. So we get yeah. creative and we do a lot of social events, which kind of draws in that missing link is like, a parent of two not getting much adult time coming in and basically getting to socialize and then having events to go to. Mm -hmm. So our marketing is mostly Facebook uh, yeah. dollar wise. Yeah, that makes sense because like um, that's kind of the same thing in my gym too. Um, I do have, I do have a younger crowd um, and most of them would be like power lifters and stuff like that, bodybuilders, but they're the type of people that they're going to find my gym anyways just because it's the only one around that provides what they need but the older group you know that comes in like you know i would say our demographic after that would be like 35 and up but yeah so they're not really on instagram and if they are they don't really know how to work it right like they're like yeah i don't know how to get from here to there like i don't know what is the story and stuff like that so you're right facebook is is the way to go for our demographic so to speak our 60 and up class literally gets mailers in the mail. Nice. I and love it. That is our biggest for the, the 60 and up. They yeah. actually, if you, I, I don't know what happens when you turn 60, 65, you start reading every piece of junk mail you received. That's right. You and actually check your mail. A switch happens and you're like, oh, okay. Insurance, gyms, we have a coupon in here. I mean, it, yeah. I, well, what it is, but at some age, you just start reading that stuff. So. Oh yeah. Actual paper mailers go out for a 16 up class. I love it. So you nailed it right there then with, with the mailers. Like at first, were you just like, this isn't going to work or what? You know, our 16 up class is taught by somebody who is 71 and has been crossfitting for a decade. Really? And yeah. And he was, I was like, how are we going to start the program? Because starting a new program is the hardest part. Getting yeah. the first three people is the most challenging in any new program. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I can bring it into the Rotary Club or my lady that cuts my hair. And I'm like, we need bigger than that. We need like 10,000 people to see it and maybe 30 will come in. Like, that's what we need. And he was like, send it in the mail. And I was like, okay, let's try it. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I read all my mail. I was like, really? Okay. Well, there you go. And I mean, you had it like straight from that top of mind, right? So. Yeah. I, I mean, I was like, I need to ask you, like, how did you find CrossFit? And he was like, yeah. he, yeah, he founded it some, one of the five Ks we were at, but he's a doctor. He was a doctor and now he's retired, but he was just like, I'm very fitness focused. We need to reach people that aren't mailers. That's awesome. That's the first time I've heard that actually, that someone's had success with it. Um, we've tried it and we didn't have a lot of success, you know, so like most people around here are like, ah, oh, cool. Like whatever. 
Well, yeah. only the master's class. Yeah. It was literally a master's flyer. It was 60 and up only on the flyer. It was pictures of old people. Like it would never do it for the regular gym. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's kind of cool though. I mean, you got that crowd in here, you know what I mean? So, I mean, it's cool to say that you have that. It's newer. We've had it for four months so. but. Oh, cool. So you got them. So you got them out after COVID too. So that's another. <laughs> yeah. I've got them out. And look at after you. COVID. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So like looking at, um, let's say like, you know, growth for you, like in a year, let's say, what, what do you want to do in a year? Where would you like to be at? In one year, I want 50 more members. And I'm trying very actively to move the gym. I want a bigger location and I want to own the location. Awesome. Yeah. It's a neat. It's a super expensive. My mortgage for a place I owned would be half probably what I'm paying in rent. I'm sure. So that's my goal. And I do want a bigger space. Mm-hmm. So has your, has your rent went up over the years too, or was it like price controlled? Uh, no, our rent, our rent goes up. Our okay. rent goes up incrementally. Yeah. Okay. They raised it a thousand dollars a month in during mid COVID. They were like, I know this is bad timing, but we're raising rent because their taxes went up a ton. And so they were like, we have to raise rent. And I was like, cool. Thanks. You know, we're closed. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> you're yeah. like, is that a problem? I'm like, no, I'm going to pay it, but thanks. <laughs> Yeah. So how far, how far away are you looking to go? Like from where you're at right now? I won't go more than a mile from where I'm currently located because then that would be like starting a whole new gym. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I don't want to do that. I wow. really like where we are. So you could go less than a mile away and, and still have a, a cheaper mortgage basically in that area. Yeah. Just by owning versus renting the rent yeah. markup in this area is insane. Yeah. I'm sure it is, especially right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a good time to try to buy just because of the eviction thing still in effect. Yeah. And then, you know, not, not being able to kick people out, but I feel like there's a lot of businesses sitting on a very big bill that they're going to be served come October 1st. So once those eviction proceedings end, which usually takes about three months, we're looking at like next year, mm -hmm. maybe finding some really good real estate. Um, yeah. So are you Not looking there. to be, so do you want those 50 members? Like, do you plan on having them by then? Or do you want it just to happen? Like as you go into the new, into the new space? I think the new space will probably take a couple of years because I'm looking at land. Is, and even if I find a building that I like, I'm going to want to basically tear it down and you know, fix it up. So I probably will not actually move the physical location for three years or so. If I'm building it, it could take four years. Mm -hmm. um, but at least purchasing and, and making the payment and starting it this, this coming year is what I'm looking for. So I'll probably get the 50 members way before I actually move the location. Okay. Yeah. Just, you know, the yeah. bay doors have been a godsend for me. So yeah. wherever I move, I will be installing those. <laughs> you have to have it, right? Like, especially the way that they are with you guys. Yeah. So yeah. I want the 50 members by the end of next year. Um, I am, my goal is to get more than 50, but that is kind of my bare minimum of what I want by next year. Okay. I always seem to get stuck. I know you probably feel this. You have this number that you always hover at. Mm-hmm. 
and then you you get more but then you lose them stay right at that number like yeah. there's like incremental numbers that you hover at and you have to make such drastic changes to break through that ceiling of that number and i know yeah. as a gym owner, you understand that feeling i'm at one of those right now so yeah, that's the truth and uh it's funny you say that because we um i feel like because we're we're a different type model so my gym is it's more like an open gym so we're eighteen thousand square feet but we have like we have a, a crossfit area we have a group training class area you know like all these different rooms but you're right like i feel like every every like number we got to like 250 members like we got from zero to 250 pretty quick um 250 to 500 took another set of skills yeah. um 500 to 750 took a, a different set of skills and then 750 plus i was like like this is this is like next level shit like you have to you've got to change a lot of things you have to break a lot of things in your business to get you to that next level so yeah, yeah. you're exactly right what do you think the easiest was um, as far as, I mean, I know it's never easy, but what number can you keep as far as members go without really trying? 200. 200. So that's 200. The yeah. 200 is that number. That's an easy number. We're at 220 now. Um, but I can, we're right by a military base. So yeah. We get a lot of deployments, people leaving, but then they usually replace themselves with um, more people. So as the people are coming, they're going. 200 is kind of where we are at no matter what. Sometimes yeah. we're higher, never lower, but that's that 200 number. So and I think part of that is because we are so much focused on we are a CrossFit. I need to do more with the open gym. I need to do more with you know personal training but that open gym i think and especially if i had more space for that yeah um, we could grow that so much more for sure so you feel like you kind of like you're kind of scrapping right for those extra 20 members that you have right now so it's yeah. kind of like it's, it's a fight to keep it to keep it at 220 more right. or less yeah yeah that makes sense and yeah so as far as the military stuff goes so um, people stay like, um, and basically they're here like until they get moved or deployed and then, yeah. okay. So it's kind of like if they never, like they like the place, like obviously, I mean, you guys have a-, a Oh yeah, they're, they're they just, just off to North Carolina or Fort Bragg or yeah. wherever else they go. Um, Pendleton is our base that we're close to and it's a big, you know, starter base. And so people will come here for two to three years and then they're off, but- I have this really cool thing going where their replacements are informed about us before they go. And we're really the only CrossFit in the area. So. Oh, okay. That's cool. So they already, okay. I like it. I like that. So they I'm know on the about a lot too. So it's, I have a presence there. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. What do you do over there? Um, the boot camp new recruits, uh, I go in and part of the Marine Corps um, baseline testing to graduate boot camp now is being able to deadlift and clean and jerk at least 105 pounds and that is the equivalent of buddy carrying a down soldier or putting i um infantry on top of a humvee um things like that so as they come in a lot of these kids they're so small yeah. Yeah. they can't do that so once they get to the point where they're about to be realist re-enlisted because they can't do that 
I usually go to the base and do a session on teaching them how to properly do that. That's awesome. That's awesome. I never knew that was a thing. It, they just started doing it a few years ago. Okay. So you're, you're like, come here, come here. Like, let's, yeah, let's show you how to live. Come on. Yeah. Just yeah. Don't hurt yourself. But a lot of times it's also teaching their commanders how to do it as well. Cause the commanders are older and bigger. They can do it just because they're stronger humans, that makes but sense. they're not necessarily able to teach how to do it properly. So we teach the commanders and the new recruits at the same time. Yeah. So there's, so there's basically, there's no technique, right? It's just, you know, just being a brute basically is what yeah. it is. Yeah. Gotcha. But those younger kids, those 18, 19 year old kids that are like, I don't even have a driver's license. Um, <laughs> they're like 95 pounds when they start, yeah. they need, they need a little bit of finesse to get that bar, bit. not just <laughs> pick yeah. that up and put it over there. Yeah. A little bit. Well, awesome. Well, Zia, we are running out of time on the podcast. So um, one thing I always like to ask people, Knowing what you know now, if you could go back and talk to yourself when you first started your gym, what advice would you give yourself? I would, if I could go back, I would definitely say stop coaching sooner. Yeah. Run your business. Do not be in your business. I gave up coaching way too late. Thank you for that. Yeah. I think more people need to hear that. So I'm so glad that you said that. Run your business for profit first, for enjoyment second. This is still a business and I should have done that a lot sooner. Yeah. Do you have a mic over there? Because if you did, you could just drop it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Zia, for being on the podcast today. I know that our listeners got value from this. And um, uh, again, thank you for coming out. It was It was a good show. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And for our listeners out there, if you found value from this podcast, please click the subscribe button. And if you're a gym owner and you want to be featured in the podcast, click the link in the description, apply to be a guest. Until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, guys? I'm your host, Scott Brewer, and welcome back to Gym Lords Podcast, where we interview real gym owners who are, maybe they're in the trenches. Maybe they're discovering more about their business and really just building their business knowledge as a whole. Today, we have JT Gilmore from Saskatoon, Canada, who is the owner of Thrive Active. JT, say hello to Gym Lord Nation and give us that 30-second elevator pitch about your business and where your business is today. Well, I'd like to say thank you for having me on. 
and I appreciate it. Um, 30 second elevator pitch is, is a little bit challenging, but uh, <laughs> the best I can come up with is we try to be the type of facility that we don't need to have multiple locations in a town or a city um, because we're so enticing that you have to drive across the city to come and join us because you want to be a part of our facility, our community, and what we offer. Uh, it's a group style training and it's very intensive, but it's also very, very community oriented. And so far it's, it's really been getting rave reviews. Gotcha, man. Sweet. So what separates you guys? What makes you different? Um, well, what makes us different is we are, we're an eco gym. We're an eco group training gym. And uh, from when we researched this, it's a completely, I mean, that's a very unique term uh, in, in the fitness industry. Um, a lot of eco gyms are starting to come up, but especially in the group training atmosphere, um, there's not a lot of eco-based eco facilities. So it started, uh, we were going to initially have all the monitors all throughout our facility um, that kind of demonstrated the exercises for our users. But uh, I, I, you know, had an epiphany when we were building out our first location um, that these monitors weren't doing us a lot of benefit and they were, you know, utilizing a lot of electricity. I, did, I started doing some research and it, it's actually unbelievable how much energy is used by, you know, treadmills, um, things like that, step mills. And it's just not really a big focus in, in the industry. So we have something, it, it sounds, it's hard to describe, but it's a, it's a big ramp. So we have a, a large indoor hill. Now I can get eight, eight people on that. It never needs any kind of monthly maintenance. It doesn't use any electrical grid power. And um, it's actually more challenging for the user and relative to each user um, every time it's used. And we also have a, a step over staircase that's got about 15 steps on either side so people can run stadium style stairs and instead of like a step mill um and they're both great they have storage underneath uh they're really challenging for the users and doesn't use any electricity what motivated you to look into these areas to where you are performing the services that you have performing and operating your facility with these energy sources or with these resources and, you know, general perspective of resources versus, you know, the standard? It, it actually, it was very organic. Um, we initially, like I said, wanted to do the monitors, um, but the desire to separate ourselves from the group and, and be uh, different and unique. Um, now, that sounds a little bit shallow when I say it like that, because uh, that's kind of the mindset at the beginning. But once I started putting some genuine research into it, um, it actually, I mean, it opened my eyes. I definitely, uh, was kind of blindsided by it. The amount of, of energy and consumption that goes into each facility is, is pretty astonishing. Um, our facility is 91,000 cubic feet and we utilize about the same energy, uh, as a standard U S home, about 1100 kilowatt hours per month. And you know, once you start getting into that, um, a lot of our equipment is custom made, like the ramp and the staircase. Uh, the turf is, is recycled turf. Um, the floor is all recycled rubber. Uh, once we started getting into that, it, it was, you know, you, you really felt empowered by, by helping the environment and doing our part or trying to do our part. Um, and we think that we can kind of introduce a new mindset into fitness overall.
Absolutely. Hell yeah, man. I love that. I love, you know, anyone who critically thinks outside the box and has the balls to go for it and implement it, right? Because they have this vision um, is a friend of mine. You know, I, I really admire that. And tell us just like, how do you feel this has impacted your business from, uh, you know, bringing in new clients? How has it impacted your business from an expense perspective? Talk to us a little bit about that. It's impacted our business quite, I mean, um, a standard gym, and I say standard, I, I, I hope that's not, it's not meaning to degrade or, or, or talk down on anything. It's just, I'm just using a general term. Mm -hmm. um, but a standard gym would, would probably consume anywhere from thirty to $60,000 worth of, of energy costs and monthly maintenance on their, their machinery. Whereas uh, with a steel ramp and a steel staircase um, and turf, I mean, there's not a dime that we spend in maintenance and not a dime we spend in, in uh, electricity. So overall, I mean, it's saving us massive amounts of money. And again, it's having a huge impact. We've seen it by our, our the influx of, of clients that we've had. And now we have a great community um, that's really supportive. They've been supportive throughout even the pandemic. Uh, they've been fantastic. Um, but they've really, really adhered and, and love uh, the eco aspect of it. They've really attached and, and been drawn to it. Um, we've, we've actually had to sink uh, very few resources into um, client acquisition in that sense because of it. Um, the word of mouth has just spread so well. Uh, it's really been phenomenal. Gotcha. So people enjoy the fact that you are efficient in the resources that you're utilizing and the energy that you're consuming at your facility. So they're latching on to that, right? They support that. And so the impact, as you described, can look like decreased expenses, increased clientele, just organically speaking. So increased profits. Um, would you say that, so now that you brought it up, let's kind of get into the client acquisition process for you. What does that look like currently? Um, now this just happened to be a byproduct uh, of, of the research that I was doing, but uh, uh, the, the big spenders in, in the market now seem to be, um, the millennial population. And um, according to research, um, three out of every four millennials would, would be more willing to choose a business based off its, its environmental um, aspects and, and where, it, where it is environmentally, if it supports the environment or, or tries to help environmentally versus one that doesn't. Um, so it definitely helps in, in that particular case. Uh, and I mean, so that it's, it's been a different, different wave of, of generation that's using our facility. Um, it's, it's a younger uh, crowd than it was uh, five years ago. And so a lot of them have been drawn to that aspect. We haven't had to spend a lot on marketing. We've used a lot of social media because of that, um, because of that age gap or age group that's been drawn to it. Um, so it's been effective. Gotcha. So you guys are kind of, you guys are data people, right? You're after specific target of people. I mean, or at least what the numbers tell you is, you know, more millennials, more people in their, you know, probably 20 to 40 year old range 
are going to be latching on to the product that you provide. Is this correct? Uh, I mean, for the most part, yeah, I'd say about 80% of our, our client base is, is right in that range. But um, the extra 20%, it comes from a wide range. Uh, we, we've had uh, customers or community members that have came all the way from 68 years old um, and have, have thrived through our facility and, and really enjoyed the workouts. So what I hear from you is that, look, group training, personal training, eco utilization of energy efficiency what it's doing is saving us money and it's also growing our clientele so what's the immediate goal then like what's the vision for you guys if you have the product and you have the response from the marketplace right now at least in an interesting way what are you hoping to do with that moving forward um a bit boldly and, and uh, being up front, I, I, I want to turn this Wait. into a franchise. I think it's a franchisable model. Um, I believe that what we, we have the tools and the uh, capacity to be able to do it. Nice. Um, that's why we're opening up our second location is to see how, how it responds in a market where we've never had any kind of uh, footprint or, or nobody really knows about us. And it's a, it's a whole new setup and we're going to introduce it into the market and see how the community response responds. And then we like to go from there. What made you feel like you could expand into a second location? What were you doing at your loan location from say a sales process perspective, right? You felt like you had a good foundation there. So like what, what made you take that um, interest in building a new facility and and start doing that? Um, ambition, uh, desire. Uh, it, it's like I said at the very beginning, we, we want to have a facility that makes a person want to drive across the city for. Um, we were, I was once asked uh, by a community member, how come you guys don't build another facility on the other side of Winnipeg? Um, I said, well, you're from that side of Winnipeg? And she said, yeah. And I said, well, if you're driving all the way over here, why would I want to, you know, put that expense to build out another facility? If you're willing to drive all the way over here, we have people that drive from upwards of an hour, hour and 15 minutes away from our facility into the city so they can, they can use our services. Right. That's, that's great. Hell yeah. Right. So people are coming from all over. So it's like, there's, there's proof, there's social proof that this is a proven brand or a proven product that people are interested in learning more about and being a part of. So I guess the question then becomes like, if the vision is to franchise it, number one, how do you build that brand to make it franchisable? How do you build that out to make it franchisable, the product out? And have you ever done something like this before? Um, I absolutely have no experience in this, nor, nor does my wife. Um, <clears throat> like I said, we're just ambitious. And initially, when we started out the uh, the company, it was just her and I. We were we were working seven days a week. We never stopped working. Um, we were doing anything and everything we possibly could. Where the realization came in that uh, what we needed to do is we needed to to distinguish ourselves from the brand, uh, uh, from the company, because people were associating everything with her and I this allowed us to completely separate ourselves. So we wanted to make the brand the brand and not really have our names attached to it. 
Yeah. So that people began attracting to the brand. So that meant that we needed to have a phenomenal staff. If we don't have a great staff, um, then it's all a moot point. So we needed to hire as many quality people as we could. And we've been able to do that. We, we have some phenomenal staff members that have been very impressive throughout this entire pandemic, uh, especially bending over backwards for our, our community members. And it's really shown. Do you feel, so, okay, so, so when I ask you the question of what do you feel like you need to franchise, <clears throat> you believe is having a good foundation of staff, having a good foundation of success, right, is something that will help other potential franchisees buy into the model of what you're rolling out. Now, do you, ha do you have systems into place? Do you have... Do you have that foundation into place to where your business is running and functioning like a well-oiled machine right now? Or are those things that you're tapping into currently? We're, we're cleaning up a lot. Of, we're trimming the fat on a lot of those, uh, those aspects right now. We do have a, a pretty clean system in place, but that's what the whole uh, expansion is, is trying to help us whittle down is, you know, the, the little aspects of, uh, you know, client acquisition, marketing, right. Strengthening our brand to where it's now just a, a symbol that people recognize in the, the area. Right. Okay. So, so what does that look like for you to implement, you know, different marketing strategies or different marketing systems to where, you know, you are getting predictable, you know, not only leads, but also converting those leads into clients right on a monthly basis, consistent basis. And then also the same way regarding, you know, your sales process and staff responsibilities and your responsibilities. It's throughout the pandemic, it's been such a challenge. Um, we had to really, really emphasize trying to keep our heads above water and, and get every one of our community members in touch with all of our information that was coming out. I mean, we were constantly sending out information. So our social media, as an example, has been um, something that people have relied on to get information, to get news, to get quick tidbits on what, what they can expect. So we've had to transition back from that to get out of the pandemic mode of trying to tread water to actually marketing and client acquisition. And so a lot of it relies on informing the consumer and getting information out. You have to have a reason that people want to attach to your brand and, and follow or seek information. And so if you're not giving out information, you're not giving out facts or, or something that makes somebody want to follow you. It's, it's all not really, there's not going to be a lot of desire there that we've noticed. Um, yeah. Unless you're actually giving something that people want. Right. So, so how are you currently delivering that? If, if it's, it's a challenge, you're trying to keep your head above water, stay ahead of the messaging that you're getting out there. Right. And that's coming in the form of your marketing. However, it sounded like earlier, you know, word of mouth referrals is something that you rely heavily on to do that. People that actually understand experience, you guys know about you, right? They are sharing that information on their own. I'm curious what the response is that you're getting. If you feel like you're, you're trying to keep your head above water, what's the result of that? Like, what does that look like? 
Well, it was at the, at the, at the time, um, just ensuring that our customers and consumers were, were happy and that we did, it, it costs less um, to keep and maintain current clientele than it does to acquire new. And because we already had a, a solid consumer base before that, um, we wanted to keep them happy and coming back and enjoying the experience. Uh, so that's where I was meaning that we were, we've transitioned um, more towards out of that to get to the client acquisition. So what we're doing now, as an example, is we're actually reaching out to local businesses. Um, because we're a group training facility, uh, first and foremost, we're reaching out to uh, businesses as kind of a, a team building, you know, unity type of, of idea and trying to get them to come as a group into the facility, the new facility, um, so that they can experience it, get a feel for it, and actually feel the atmosphere as opposed to trying to discuss it and talk about it. That way, once it, it's something that they've experienced and they've enjoyed, then their word of mouth can take off. Um, the flyers and things like that, that the traditional uh, modes that people would utilize, um, it seems like people are, are bypassing that or, or walking over it. And we don't, we don't want, we want to be more impactful and right. word of mouth is, is the most impactful form of marketing that you could do. And that's where distinguishing the brand from, from the others is really, really helped establish us is because it is something different. I, I'm, I'm sure that everybody that's ever opened a facility has ever said that, you know, their, their facility is different. But um, once we get them in uh, through a couple free workouts and trying us out, it's shown to be really successful. Do you think that word of mouth can take your business to a franchise position? Or do you feel like maybe tapping into other functions of systems, processes, maybe digital marketing, making a greater impact like you message is something that would be intriguing for your business? Oh, I mean, without a doubt, uh, they're like those are going to have to be relied on uh, fully. Uh, the word of mouth is is more to gain footing, um, gain some traction in in uh, these communities. So Winnipeg is a million people. Uh, Saskatoon is about a half million people. So they're they're not massive markets, but the word of mouth does spread quickly uh, compared to a, a typical like a U.S. market. A lot of the cities down there, it doesn't see, it wouldn't seem to have spread as quickly, but also uh, relying on avenues that people want, TikTok, uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, where a lot of these, these people will be looking for information or seeking to find, you know, a new gym. Especially, um, you know, the target market of, you know, 20 to 40, maybe those millennials that really are latching on to your type of model because of the, the, the fact that you are a more efficient type of business regarding energy and, and resources and so forth, right? Like all those people are on these different social media platforms. So when we talk about making a greater impact and being more effective in say the marketing strategies or systems that we, we utilize, do you feel like that could be a huge, a huge growth you know, a growth opportunity for your business to maybe create some expedition in that franchise type vision. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's, there's no question that that's going to be incredibly helpful. And that's a lot of what we're trying to discover. Uh, I should have been more clear on that. 
we're trying to we're, we're still like like i said when we're trying to trim the fat and whittle down uh, as much information as possible when we're expanding um into a market we've never been into before this is solely relying on trying to learn a lot of those those tidbits that we don't necessarily know or that we didn't have the benefit of recording or, or writing down when we first started our business in Winnipeg. Um, so this is an opportunity for us to really see what's been impactful and what's not. Got so it. far, um, the social media reliance and, and the word of mouth have been huge for us. And But you're talking about from like a, a national growth and really yeah. getting the name out there. Um, it, it's trying to get that brand strengthened and right. solidified to where people can associate with it. Um, the more you grow that following, social media is not uh, limited to city by city. It's, a, it's an international, national thing. So, I mean, my wife, for example, she follows a, a fitness facility down in Australia. And mm -hmm. she knows that brand. She knows the strength of it. She could tell you the name of it. I couldn't, but <laughs> something like that, that's, that's an impactful thing. Um, people start following when you have information and stuff to provide them as opposed to a flyer, uh, a flyer is not going to do a lot or, or sending out mass emails, excuse me, um, is a lot of people are, are bypassing those things. It seems like, or at least from my personal perspective, I try to take it as an objective approach as I possibly can sure. um, with a lot of this. Uh, I'm, I'm willing to learn and I'm willing to pivot anytime new information comes to me. Uh, I'm not cool. stuck in my ways. Cool. Yeah. I mean that you gotta be right as a business owner. I mean, if we're stuck in our ways, if we want, yes, people around us to agree with us on, on what our vision is and how we feel like we're best going to approach the growth of the business so that sometimes that's where we die, right? Sometimes we need people that are feeding us information or holding us accountable or challenging us and, and so forth. So I mean, do you agree with that? Oh, without a doubt. Um, I was a lot more hard-headed as I was younger, but now it's it's. I'm definitely a lot more willing and, and open uh, to criticisms and, and information. I, I can't. The man who thinks that they know everything learns nothing. Yeah. And the man who talks is only regurgitating what he already knows. The man who's listening is learning something. It's very true. <laughs> my friend to kind of wrap up the show here tell us a little bit about you're you're currently seeking information and you're an individual who is not married to any piece of information you are you pursue information and act in ways of trying to be as objective as possible right and this is the this is the business person that you've developed into as mentioned before you weren't always like this and so i'm curious with that approach and the dire desire to learn and, and educate yourself on things you can utilize for the business, right? Growth opportunities. Where are you going and, and where would you suggest someone would go to gather information that would be useful, valuable, effective, you know, to educate themselves? Very simply and bluntly outside of their comfort zone. Um, it's really easy to sit in your comfort zone and hope for things to kind of cross your lap and come to you, but it never works that way. It's not, I'm not gonna be very comfortable going business to business in person um, 
you know, knocking on the door, talking to the boss and saying, Hey, we want to get you guys out for a free workout. Um, no one would like that. And I mean, I'd avoid it like the plague, but those little things are, are, are huge. You're going to, you're going to find rejection. You're going to get people that are going to turn you away. And ultimately those people might end up loving your facility and coming down the road. Um, it's every time I say the word thrive active or the phrase thrive active, uh, every time I reiterate the brand, it's strengthening it and it's bringing value to it. So even if they're turning me down, even if they're rejecting me, turning me away, they're going to see our logo. They're going to hear that name. And then sometime down the road, when, when they're at the grocery store and they overhear someone talking about thrive active, you know, a light bulb's going to go off. So every single thing that you're doing, every, every chance that you're taking is benefiting you to some degree or another, whether you're learning from it and learning what not to do and the approach that you should be taking or strengthening your brand. Well said, sir. Well said. I don't think I could have said it any better. And that's, you know, that's pretty much it. I mean, I think that you really hit the nail on the head there when it comes to what we focus on and how we go about our business and just getting into our, getting into a discomfort zone with things. Cause that's where growth comes from, right? It's doing the hard things. And, um, and I really appreciate you saying that. Where can our listeners find you online, my friend? Uh, they can, if they look up www.thrive-active.com, uh, they can come onto our website or if they were to check out our Instagram at thrive-active underscore underscore, they could find us on Instagram. Uh, we've got a lot of great posts. Our social media manager does a phenomenal job. Um, so there, it does provide a lot of value to uh, check us out. Thrive-active, guys. Go check them out. JT. He's doing some great things with his partner, his wife. And uh, we, I know I speak for Jim Lord Nation, JT, when I say it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you for coming on in your time. And Jim Lord Nation, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Jim Lord's podcast. If you like what JT and I had to say today, don't forget, smash that subscribe button below in order to be notified of our next episode. Until then, take care, and we will see you next time. Jim Lords, out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.